Hello listeners and welcome to the Chosen Brew podcast. I'm your host and creator of the Chosen Brew, Ian McNally. In this episode, I met up with Emily Day, who is the editor of Froth Magazine, which I'm sure you've read already. If you haven't, get down to your local pub where you can have a read of it. Emily was such a delight to talk to, very entertaining, and this is great hearing Emily's beer journey. So let's get into it. Here we go. Well, welcome listeners. Uh, we're here in the heart of Melbourne, sat in a sunlit Federation Square, and here with me is the editor-in-chief of Froth Magazine, Melbourne's arguably Australia's leading craft beer magazine, Emily Day. Um, thank you. I mean, I'll take that. I wouldn't say that, but I would take that. Thank you. Um, I certainly make a craft beer magazine um, based in Melbourne, but we kind of go a bit around Australia. Um, you can check out frothbeer.com if you'd like to know more. Um, and yes, it is a beautiful day. The sun is streaming across Federation Square and it's quite lovely. Yeah, the bir- I can hear the birds singing and, uh, and and people talking as well, which is not a, a bad thing. It's, it's nice. Look at all these happy humans and birds around us. Well, we're pretty happy humans because we're, we've stoked. got a beer in, in front of us and the sun's shining. So, yeah. um, so talking of Froth magazine... It's a, just over a year old? Yes, it's 13 months old. Now, the difficult question I've got to ask you is, as we all know... Are we starting off with a difficult question? It's, well, that's the only way to go. Okay, all right. Um, print media is dead. Well, you're starting up a Wh- print why magazine. Do I, why do I have a 13-month-old print <laughs> magazine then? That's my, well, ex- I'm going to answer your question with another question. So, No, it is, it is dead. It's dead. But... Um, like it, like um, the opposite of Buffy the Vampire Slayer. I like to resurrect things that are dead and keep them alive and nourish them. And that's what I've done with uh, Frost Magazine. So is it kind of a, a bit like the overall beer consumption is down, but craft beer consumption is up? Is that true of craft beer journalism? Um, well, I kind of feel like... Well, obviously no one had done it because only an idiot would start a print magazine in this day and age but there's so much crappy love and so much crappy passion and stories and so I kind of feel like once I started this foolish errand all these people kind of jumped on me and was like oh my god I have this story like I just want to write about craft beer and music or craft beer and poetry or food or like this is what happened to me when I first started drinking like there was just so many stories just waiting for a ridiculous platform like Froth that just kind of was ready to publish those stories so it kind of worked out well. But don't you think, um, I think one big plus point for Froth Beer Magazine is it's a natural companion to drinking beer, isn't it? It's some one thing reading your phone or mm. a laptop but it's something really nice about and as craft beer drinkers we're, we're kind of tactile people yes, we want to smell and, and touch and hold yeah and froth magazine is is very smooth Isn't it's it? a very smooth production it is. in every respect <laughs> um yeah we, we are a bunch of old old-fashioned weirdos who like touching and smelling things and thinking about them and i think that um like i didn't plan that it just, but then I kind of realised whenever I hand frost to someone, like they kind of stroke it like a kitten, and then they smell it, and they and they like go ooh, and I'm like, all right. But um, I'm I'm the same. Like when you go into a bar and everyone's on their phone, like I, it's a little bit sad. Whereas I kind of 
Yeah, that's why I started it because I'm like, hey, I'm in a bar. I'm waiting for my friend or whatever. I just want to flick through something and have a lighthearted read. So I was like, ah, well, I'd better make that magazine then. So does Froth Magazine have uh, a mission statement or a, a criteria, an aim, no, an overarching? No, no, do, do you have a criteria? I feel like I need one now. <laughs> um, okay, well, the criteria was really... I think this would be cool, so I'll give it a bash. I guess, well, I guess my aim is to spread my excitement about craft beer to what I call normos, which is people who are not into craft beer. <laughs> like, Are those normal people <laughs> who don't smell magazines? And yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, you're normos who are maybe, you know, drinking other beers, which is fine. But it's because the craft beer world maybe looks a little bit creepy and scary and weird. And so I'm like, but I'm like kind of going, oh my God, oh my God, this is so cool. There are these amazing stories and amazing people making amazing beer. Get amongst it. It's not scary. It's really fun. So I just want to just like yell that. But because I'm quite introverted, I had to make a print magazine instead. And is there any sort of way um, that you can measure froth's impacts on the craft beer industry Oh, I'm definitely making it a better place. Like, no, I'm, I'm kidding. Uh, no, no, that's definitely <laughs> happening. Uh, well, I guess you can measure it because if you look at our first froth, I've written on the top of it, Melbourne's Craft Beer Magazine. Because obviously, like, my initial hope was that maybe my mum would read it and she would pass it on to my auntie and then I would have two readers. And now we've just had to call it Craft Beer Magazine because... Um, Cities all around Australia are ordering it and I've got some subscribers overseas as well. And so um, I kind of feel like I maybe underestimated the amount of passion in Australia and outside of Melbourne for craft beer. And for instance, like, you know, you think of the Gold Coast as just like Bergen Territory, everyone's drinking 4X. Like Gold Coast is going off in terms of craft beer. Sunshine Coast is going off. Tassie is amazing, like... It was like Cascade and um, Bogues. Bogues for like ever. And now they have like the most vibrant scene. I'm going down there in January for like the third time in a year because I just fell in love with it. So, yeah, there's, there's just so much love and passion. And I'm kind of really excited that people who love craft beer want to read Frost. Excellent. Uh, is there any uh, criteria to get into Froth in terms of... Are there any beers you wouldn't write about or wouldn't allow in the magazine? Um, I wouldn't write about a shit beer. <laughs> um, that's about it, really. That's, that could be your mission statement. No shit beer. Hey, there we Done. go. Sorted. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. Well, Emily, we're here uh, to talk about your chosen brew, your six oh, beers yeah. that yes, changed everything um, for you or changed the beer landscape in your mind. Yes. So, let's kick off. Um, first beer. Um, well, I just made a little list before, and the first one that sprang to mind was um, Bridge Road Brewers um, Bling IPA, um, because that's probably the most like, visceral beer memory I have, of being like almost literally knocked over by a beer. It was that good. that I could not function for a few seconds. <laughs> Um, and this was back in 2010 and, um, well, this is a good story. Would you like to hear the long version? Oh, please. I'm going to tell you regardless because I'm holding a microphone. <laughs> um, so, okay. 
I got hit by a car. <laughs> this is a long story. I got hit by a car and I got like severely messed up, like quite, quite broken. And um, so I had to go live with my parents for a few months because I couldn't put my socks on or I had to drink out of a straw and stuff. Um, and my parents, who were super fabulous, like just like did everything for me, like even though they're not into junk food, my mum bought me yogurt because I said, mum, I'm really sad. Can you buy me some yogurt? Which is, I don't know if you've had it, it's a disgusting chocolate mousse um, for children. Um, so she bought that for me and like every night when I went to bed, she'd put like a little hot wheat bag in my bed for me, like oh. some severe parental attention. It was really nice. Anyway, so how, after... How old were you at this point? Oh, Dude, I was like a full-on grown-up. Okay. Like, this is six years ago. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, seriously, like, I did not get out of my pyjamas for a month. Like, that's the extent to which I was not doing anything. Um, anyway, um, yeah, so after a couple of months when I kind of was ready, I was released back into society and I started wearing clothes again and, like, brushed my hair. Um, I really wanted to thank my parents for looking after me. So we went to um, Cutler & Co., Mm. in Fitzroy which is like super yummy and I'd never been there before and you know we don't really do fancy things and we just had this like amazing dinner and it was like just my way to thank them and it kind of felt so nice to be out of the house and wearing clothes and not wearing a neck brace and um, I ordered the bling IPA which I'd never had before and it was just like the taste of it was just like being like knocked over by a wave at the ocean you know when it's just like so refreshing but like oh my god what just happened like um and I think that really kind of exactly matched the feeling of kind of being knocked over by the car and then kind of like coming back um and so that's why I have severely strong emotional feelings towards this beer and I love it very much the end (laughs) (laughs) that's a great story and you so you were completely recovered by the point that you were eating it. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I think probably also I hadn't had booze for a couple of months either. Mm. So like I was pretty ready for a beer. <laughs> and having something that good, like First ha- out the block. Yeah. Was it was oh it was a really good moment. So. And that's Bridge Road Brewery in Beechworth yes. in regional Victoria. Yes. Um up in the high country. Um, and they're so amazing. Like everything they do I love. The brew is amazing, like I cannot say good enough things about them, but yeah, this is probably my favourite of their beers. Fantastic, excellent, yeah. Emily. So that's a great first one to kick Thanks. us off. I'm and not a great story. There's a huge that. expectation now. I'm sorry, for that Emily. was my one car accident. I'm sorry, that's all I've got. The rest are just good beers. Let's jump in. Number two. Number two. All right, I'm going to pronounce this incorrectly. It's um, the Schürfer Hofer Hefeweizen from Germany. I'm sure I said that wrong because in Germany, someone is like. A bartender has said, I'm not giving that to you until you say it correctly. <laughs> she was wow. like an elderly lady. She's like, Schurfer, Herfer, Heffer, Weissen. Um, anyway, so um, I studied German at uni, which I really loved. And I went on exchange to um, Berlin, um, ostensibly to um, research my honours thesis. But then I just got really distracted by the beer and drank it all. And... Yeah, so this was like 2006, and so going from, what, let's call it the wasteland of the Australian craft beer scene at that time. 
with all due respect to everyone that was brewing at that time, but it was pretty fucking grim. Um, and then go to Germany and then, you know, people are sitting in beer gardens drinking this amazing beer that they've been brewing for centuries. And I'm like, this beer tastes like bananas. Like, what the hell? They don't do this in Australia. And it was so complex and fascinating. And they served it in like this glass that was like half a metre tall. So the last sip came at you from like, you know, three feet away and just like smacked you in the face. It was it was very interesting. So what do you think the, um, the Germans do well in their beer scene? Because craft beer in Germany is struggling to take off. Is that right? Yes. Well, I, I would say that. They've got, I don't know, a thousand years under their belt. So, I mean, they can nail a fucking classic style. I feel like I've heard that in Berlin there's a bit of a craft beer scene. Mm. If it's going to happen anywhere, it's going to be Berlin. So, I would love to go back and investigate that. But um, even, like, drinking the civilly traditional stuff, like, that's going to, you know, kick the shit out of a Carlton draft. So, Mm. to try all of those was just – and, you know, that kind of sense of tradition and – um, I guess the democracy of beer over there. Like, you can have an old lady go to a pub by herself and just enjoy a beer and that's fine. Like, that could be your nan. That's not weird. I really like that. It's it's not a blokey thing at all. And is that... How do you see the Australian landscape in, ter- in terms of that, in terms of acceptability of women to enjoy beer and that not to be strange? Well, it's still, it's still quite a sausage fest. It's pretty sausagey. But um, there's, like... a bunch of awesome chicks that are into beer and we're really um just um at the moment so like you know i go to a craft beer festival and they'll be like do you do you like beer and i'm like no i I just paid 50 bucks because i like bearded portly men like seriously (laughs) um but yeah i think it's just growing and growing and soon it won't it's because the marketing has been so super manly like you know vb blah 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 like show me a beer ad that features a woman drinking a beer as opposed to standing there while a man drinks a beer so like we're still stuck in the 70s in that way but i think um certainly in the craft world like there are some pretty hefty lady beer drinkers and i respect them all so um yeah i think it's gonna be totally fine really soon yeah, you think the the big guys have got a bit of catching up to do, though, in terms of their marketing and perception of, of beers. Yeah, and yeah, and don't try and market pink beers to us. Mm. We're fine, you know. And also low-carb beers, can, I think. We can handle the brown ones and, like, <laughs> don't worry about our carbs, you well, know. Talking of old women going to the pub, it was very much in, in my... <laughs> I don't like the way that you looked at me when you said that. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um when I was growing up, it was very much the preserve of the older woman to drink stout. Oh, really? So they always go to the pub and drink stout. And I don't know whether oh. there was a connection that um, in the 1950s when the yeah. uh, National Health Service was, uh, they used to get mm. a, a bottle of stout a day um, if you're pregnant. That's awesome. Uh, free off the state. Yeah. In in your hospital bed. Is that because is that they're breastfeeding? Is it like to uh, keep I up think your it was, nutrients uh, or something? Yeah, I think there was the perception that there was iron yeah, in yeah. it and it was going to... Sounds um, like a bloody great idea. It's someone has... If I've just squeezed out a kid, just bring me all of the beer, <laughs> like stout, pilsner, whatever. Yeah. Oh, it's, it, bring that back, I say. It seemed not to... You know, people say it never did me any harm. That's a whole oh. generation of, exactly. of not doing any harm. So Exactly. They had it pretty good for many years, so yeah. there's a lot to be said for it. But... um. I don't know, maybe Australian society also has a bit of catching up to do in terms of 
but I'm going to unfortunately not, agree with you there. Yeah, we might not get into that. This is a different podcast. I think we're dangerous yeah. territory. Um, choice number three. Oh, choice number three. Well, this one's a bit contentious. I'm sure people will sneer down their crafty noses at me, but because I don't even know how to pronounce it. But the Lef, Lef or Lefa blonde or whatever color. Um, so I worked for like 10 years in hospitality pouring beer and um, I worked for a long time at um, football stadiums serving Carlton Draft to cashed up Bogans and that was really soul destroying. And then I got a job, especially when they were like pay extra for um, a crownie and I would be like, really? That's like, the, that's, this is the best we can do as a country. Anyway, uh, and then I got a job at the Belgian Beer Cafe um, on St Kilda Road and that was just so fun. Like, they paid me, like, five cents an hour and it was really sad and I'd go home every night, like, just covered in beer. But you'd get to do this awesome thing where you pour the beer and then you get to chop its head off with a knife and, like, every single beer had a special glass and you then you, like, dipped it in the water and, like, you handed it to the customer. It was, like, some kind of sacred ritual and I just, like, loved the... Um, Kind of, I, I guess the way that beer was treated in such a a fancier way than the Carlton Draft is treated, and yeah, each one having its own glass and like you know, service stellar. It was like a six step process, and yeah, then I learned heaps more about European beer and just the history of it all. And so now, like, I'll still order a Leffer, and it's like, or a Leff, I'm not sure. It's like fifteen dollars, and it's if you go to Europe, it's like pound so i'm aware that it's like totally a bogan beer that's overpriced here but i just had these lovely memories of serving these beautiful goblets of like with the head swiped off um even though i know that craft people don't like that either but screw them um so yes left left a beer let's go to cookie and have it because i know that they have it on tap there fantastic so um belgium beer cafe uh, where does that stand now in terms of the treatments of beer is it novelty or is it actually, does it genuinely make a difference to the product that they sell? Um, well, I mean, it's because like back in that those days, which was like, I don't know, at least 11 years ago, um, like that was your craft beer. Your craft beer was European beer. So you want something fancy, you have a Hoe Garden or Stella or whatever. Um, and... Yeah, I feel like that ceremony was kind of important. But um, I don't really know. I I can't really comment on what it does now. Um, But I still love it. (laughs) I I think it's really nice. Severe Europhile. And yeah. I think it's really, as you said, it's really nice to have. to see somebody treating beer mm. as you would see someone qualified in a restaurant to treat wine. Yeah, yeah. And that does, and even I suppose if it doesn't make any difference to the taste, yeah. it makes a, probably a difference to perception. Totally. And um, that beer can be special. Yeah. And you can, uh, if you're going to spend an extra three or four dollars on a beer, that yeah. you can sit and savor it rather than just neck it and enjoy it visually like to me like like if i'm handed a a beer and you know the bartender isn't even looking as they pour it and then it slops down the side and then they hand it to me and 
the glass is dirty, like my soul dies. I'm just like, it'd be like handing me a baby like wrapped up in a trash bag. Like, why would you do that? So to like pour this beer, swipe the head off, wash the glass, like rinse it and hand it to them, make sure the logo on the glass is facing them. And then that's for me, that was just like, you know, it was like handing someone something really special and they would take it away and enjoy it on a different level. Um, so, yeah, now now if someone pours me a beer like really well, I'll just be like, thank you. Thank you, young man or woman. <laughs> and they think I'm weird. But yeah. Well, back to Froth for a second. Yep. Um, what articles uh, since Froth's been around in the last 13 months have, have you found has, have really resonated with readers? Have you found any particular articles that you've had a lot of feedback off? Um, funnily enough, okay, so... In October, we published um, a female edition that was all about chicks in the craft beer industry, entirely written by women and illustrated by women. And secretly, I'm a really big feminist. Um, And I was really bracing for a bit of a manly bearded backlash. But the biggest feedback I've had is men that I've never met saying that was my favourite edition. So that made me go, yes, you guys are awesome. So... um, is there I know that's be, not an article, but you know. Is there gonna, you know, in the interest of equality, is there going to be a point where you have all men? Um, no. And I'm not going to explain to you why. Because you look like an intelligent human and you can figure it out. Uh, yeah. Um, um, yeah. <laughs> um, talking about perception, about, um, you know, about feeling welcome in the yeah. same space. Yeah. You know, um, and you fearing a backlash. Yeah. So does that mean that women don't feel... Totally comfortable in I, the I think beer world. Well, I think that's probably more because women, in general, doing feminist journalism, get the shit kicked out of them, like on mm. Twitter or Facebook or whatever. So, kind of women who put themselves out there, like, like I wrote a feminist article once for New Matilda, and then mm. I was actually unable to go back and look at it once it was online because I was told that a lot of the comments were very nasty and I, I couldn't even tell my parents that I'd written it because I knew they would read the comments and so I know that like if you kind of point out if you just like point at the patriarchy like people will kick you in the face so I was kind of prepared for that but um so that's why I was so stoked that people really enjoyed it um so and also I'm just like Every day, like, I meet some awesome chick who knows so much about beer. Like, it's fascinating. And so I think, yeah, I really want to showcase the shit out of them and get froth. Like, yeah, I'm always counting how many female and male writers we have and I really want it to be even. Um, just so, you know, maybe in a few years' time, a girl will go to a craft beer festival and ask for a beer and the guy won't say, do you like beer? Um, so that's what I'm really keen to do as well. Excellent. Um, okay, so we're, we've gone through the first three beers. Yes. Number four. Number four. Okay, number four is... Oh, well, I was, okay, it's going to be something by Kaiju. I was trying to pick a beer, but I love all their beer. Um, Kaiju is probably half of the reason why I started Frost Magazine, because um, as a sad little beer geek with, like, none of my friends were into craft beer, so I used to go to beer festivals by myself and just, like, talk to all of the brewers and just, like, nerd out really hard. And the kaiju guys were always just hilarious and amazing and their beer is so good and it's so hoppy, like, it just knocks your socks off. 
And for a long time, I thought there was only one kaiju guy. So it's two brothers, Nat and Callum. And I was like, why is the kaiju guy sometimes really nice and sometimes really grumpy? And then it turns out there's two of them. And I'm not going to say which one's nice and which one's grumpy, but I'm sure anyone who's met them will know. Um, (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, the beer is amazing. The artwork is amazing. Every time I have one, it makes me happy. Every time I meet them, they make me laugh. And so I'll just say... Grab yourself a kaiju beer. These guys are fucking legends. They work really hard. They make great beer. And they're in uh, partnership, aren't they? They're they're in a almost a cooperative sort of. Yeah, they're or- sharing a brewery with um, Exit, who is another of my favourite breweries. And yeah, down in Dandenong South. And Brewcult, is that right? Um, yeah, Brewcult also brews there. Yeah. Um, yeah, so these are like all my favourite breweries just hanging out together and making awesome beer, really. Yeah, anything these guys make are just awesome, yeah. I want to ask you as well, we asked about which articles resonated with the reader. What articles have resonated with you? Because you um, have lots of guests, um, journalists who write articles. Has there been a piece that's come across your desk and you've thought, geez, that changes my perspective oh, yeah. on things? yeah. Well, oh my God, I've had so many. And if someone emails me and says, I really want to write this story for Froth, like I will just die because it makes me so happy, especially when it's chick. And so like, so for instance, like one of my favorite writers is um, Gemma and she like, I met her, yeah, she contacted me and said she'd like to Froth like to froth like to write for froth and so we met up and had a beer together and she was like I really want to write like match a beer to a poem and I was like marry me that's amazing (laughs) like who is doing that um and it was so funny so we were just drinking beer together and then she went to the bathroom and she came back and she was like I wonder which beer would go to like um would go well with sense and sensibility and I'm like the fact that you asked me that is so cool um (laughs) and then there's another girl called Celia and she like, I've only met her once. And she'll just send me these articles, like, in our next edition. It's a love letter to my local craftier shelf. <laughs> like, saying how much she loves it and she's sorry that she cheats on it sometimes with, like, the local chain store. <laughs> but how much, it, you know, she thinks about it when it's not around. And, yeah, just that kind of stuff. Like, that kind of, you know, not just analysing a hot profile but saying how this affects me in my daily life. Like, that kind of stuff is, like, that's what I want. Just normal people being like, this beer made me think really hard and write something amazing. Yeah, that sounds kind of like um, when I used to go and watch the football, the soccer ball, as you people know it. <laughs> um, and as a child, I'd be a lot more fascinated with what was going on around the field, oh, not yeah. actually what was going on on the field itself. Yeah. And I think there's a lot to be said for that in the craft beer world. Is yeah, that yeah. There's so much fun things outside of the actual drinking of the beer as well yeah. you know, and conversations and imagination and um, yep. communities and all of those things that go, have, totally. have sort of whether they're intended or unintended consequences yeah but I think we should really revel in those mm. and um, it's great that froth can provide an avenue for people to actually yeah. Um, yeah, reach out and make people feel like yeah I'm having those thoughts too yeah. so. <laughs> yes I'm <laughs> writing like. a secret love letter to my <laughs> local beer shop <laughs> So, yeah. choice five. Oh, choice five. Um, modus operandi, former tenant, red IPA. Um, it's just a bloody good beer. And they make those stupidly huge cannibals. Um, 
which I'd never seen before. And then I saw it and I was like, are you kidding? And then I realized that you're supposed to share them. And I was like, oh, okay. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, it's a bloody ripper beer. And um, being such a little Melbourne-centric girl, it's really nice being exposed to, you know, Sydney beer and Brisbane. And yeah, these guys are from the Northern Beaches. And yeah, totally respect what they do. And this beer, whenever I see it on tap, I'm like, give me all of your... Red tent, red IPA. That's yeah. Excellent. When was the first time you tried that one? I wish I could tell you, but I was drunk at the time. <laughs> but um, I know that it was good because whenever I see it, I, it's like a Pavlovian response. I'm just like, yes, give that to me now. Also, maybe because it's a little bit scarce down here as well, so it's got that super like rarity value. But yeah, a lot of love, and they seem like really cool guys as, and girls as well. So excellent. Yeah, and um. Before we go to choice six, are there any beers that didn't quite make the six that you'd like to give a mention to? Is there any <laughs> close misses? Um, well, I was thinking that it would be interesting to mention beers that I hadn't drunk but I had seen as a child and that had affected me deeply. <laughs> but I wasn't sure like how Freudian you wanted me to get. Yeah, yeah, let's go. Let's go for <laughs> let's it. Go this is, we can you can see edit this, this out later. Well, this fine. is therapy as well as <laughs> entertainment. Are you so. going to charge me like $200 <laughs> after this? Uh, <laughs> Depends how, how long we go. <laughs> um, well, so I kind of grew up on the Gold Coast, which was obviously a cultural wasteland, but very aesthetically beautiful. And um, just I remember on the beach one day seeing a, like an empty can of 4X on the beach and it was so gold and beautiful and as a small child, gold glistening things, like, that's all you want in life. And I was like, oh, when I grow up, I'm going to have one of those. Um, and then I did. Obviously, it was horrible. But um, I guess I've still got quite a um, – I've got a, I've got an inner bogan. And, you know, when no one's watching, maybe I'm going to have a 4X, um, even though it's disgusting, just um, for emotional reasons. But um, – <laughs> Uh, maybe that's why I'm super excited now that Gold Coast has such a thriving craft beer scene with, you know, Black Hops and Bolter and um, what's that other one called? Burley Brewing. Yeah, it's going off like a frog in a sock. And so whereas usually you'd go to the Gold Coast from Melbourne to, you know, obviously get out of winter and have a nice beach holiday. Now you can do that and have good beer. Like what the hell? Got, like why are we not living there? Right Commonwealth now. Games coming up soon as well. Oh, screw that. Who cares about that? Seriously. Wonder who the sponsor's going to be. <laughs> it's going to be Forex. You know it is. <laughs> Bolton might run the world by then. Who knows? That's true. I hope they do. They're XBA. This is me having no words to describe how good it is. <laughs> but it's one of my beers of the year. It's in my top three. And brewed by um, um, creator of Pacific Ale. Stone yes. Woods Pacific it's Ale. It's bloody so that did It's a ripper beer. That did okay. It did all right. It did okay. So, um, 4X gold is what didn't make the cut. That's what we've probably for, garnered from that. Probably for a good reason. <laughs> so, <laughs> choice number six. Okay, number six. All right. So, I was at Gab's a couple of years ago and I went over to the Paradox stand and then um, I think I fought them for a while because they had some beer called the... What was it called? The something bitch. Pa- um, bitter bitch. Bitter bitch. That's right. <laughs> and obviously, as a uh, raging femo, I was like, "Excuse me, is that about one of your ex-girlfriends?" And they were like, "No." And I was like, oh, "Okay." But um, 
Then I had um, their Bloody Dingo Imperial Red IPA, and um, the the bottom fell out of my world. Like it was amazing. Probably at that stage, I'd not had a huge amount of um, kind of like red multi beers, and especially an imperial one. And I I think yeah, I I, I seem to really love beers that are quite visceral, like with shitloads of hops, and it feels like you've just been hit in the face with a wet sock or something. Um, and so this one, um, yeah, it was super memorable. And I, I went to New Zealand for the first time this year and went to um, Biavano and went there and drank it. And that just felt really amazing. And I think they do really good stuff. And that would be my amazing six-pack. And to be honest, now I want to buy all of those and put them in a six-pack and then just drink them and reminisce about my life. I'm sure there'd be quite a few listeners who want to go out and buy them and go through them as we... Uh listen to the the episodes but um just before we leave the parrot dog Biavana, mm-hmm. how was it what's the what's a big is there any big differences between what's going on in new zealand and australia in terms of craft yes beer? um new zealand is amazing have you seen lord of the Rings? yes it looks like that and they're making good beer <laughs> and everyone is really nice and Wellington is like super small and you can walk between all of the bars, which are amazing. I was kind of like bracing myself for a country town and it was like, oh, here are our five billion amazing craft beer bars. And like one of them, I think it was the Malt House. And it was like all of our fridges are kind of um, at the right temperature for like the beers that are in them. Like we have a stout fridge, a porter fridge. I was like, all right, goodbye Melbourne. It's been nice. So why why are they so far ahead and we're so far um, behind? I've asked that question to a lot of people. Um, I think it's because they started doing like really amazing crafty stuff back in the eighties, whereas we were really just sunk in a like a VB stupor until maybe the late nineties. I reckon so they mm. had a bit of a head start on us. And New Zealanders are just really annoying high achievers. Like you know their musicians are really good, their scenery is good. They're really nice as well. Like, they, they weren't pretentious at all. I, yeah, I was just really blown away. And, and are the, those craft beer bars that you're talking about, are they um, just that everyman yeah. boozer? Common as fuck. Sounds great. They'd even let you in. <laughs> even with their accents. Yeah. <laughs> great. So you also, Emily, get to choose your beer snack ultimate beer snack to go with your six beers and also a receptacle to drink six beers out of what's your choice receptacle well receptacle wise i'm not overly fussy um i'm probably going to be smashing half of these out of the bottle the the left left like i'm going to need a really fancy glass um i got this really nice glass i did um a tour with brent sorry ben's brew tours recently and at the end of it, they give you, like, a glass to take home. And it's just, like, the perfect shape and size. So, I drink most of my beers out of that now. Um, but, to be honest, when no one's watching, I just drink out of the bottle. I know that's, like, a craft beer sin. It's the Gold Coast But roots. I don't care. <laughs> yeah, this is what we do back in the old country. <laughs> Burly heads. And um, your ultimate beer snack to well, go. Well, my ultimate beer snack is what, when you're on the way home after a big night out... You drop into your local 7-Eleven, you get some burger rings, 
You go home, you forget about them, you get in the shower, you remember about them, and you eat them in the shower. (laughs) 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 And my flatmates can attest that this happens. Um, I realise that's like the least classiest thing I've ever said, but after this six-pack... I feel like that's totally fine. Yeah, you've gone very highfalutin with your choice of six. So yeah, burgerings. Yeah, six pack. I'm drinking. I'm eating burgerings in the shower after this. This is why. Try and stop me. Beer's better than wine, isn't it? No. I feel like no. you can't. You can't pair it with burgerings in the shower. I feel like no one's done that. No, no one's drinking wine and talking about wine on a wine podcast and any <laughs> going for burgerings in the shower. They're probably doing it, but just secretly. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thanks very much, Emily. Thanks I, for having me. I think I had a much better time than you listening to, <laughs> to those. That was great fun. Um, so thanks very much. And um, if people want to order back issues of Froth, they can. That's they can, right. They can do On it. your website. Yeah, frothbeer.com. Um, just cut sick. Like, you can subscribe. You can order back issues. You can make nasty comments. E- you will even post overseas and yes, interstate. Yes, I will. And um, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. We have that as well. All of those things. <laughs> Excellent. Just Google it. Just Google it. Um, do you know what I've found is really nice now that we're coming up to Christmas time? A lot of people are ordering Frost subscriptions for like their dads and their partners and that is and their friends. Like men ordering it for their male friends. Like, excuse me, but that is adorable and I die every time someone does that. So continue doing that because it makes me so happy. Excellent. Excellent birthday presents as well. No matter when you listen to this podcast, Froth is going to be there to order. So get on board. Monthly, um, free, independent, awesome, often drunk. We'll end on that. Thanks, Emily. Thank you. So that was it, Emily Day. Now, anybody who has read a copy of Froth Magazine know the knowledge and the passion and the creativity that Emily brings to the beer industry. And also, it just provides an avenue for lots of other people who are creative and passionate to share their thoughts. And I just really love the celebration of things around the industry, not just the beer itself, but all the wonderful people and all the spin-offs and the communities that have been created because of quality beer. So in the next episode, I will be speaking to Dan Dainton from Dainton Family Brewery. Now that is a brewery that has recently opened the brew pub in the last six months and is going very big. So I'll be really interested to hear what Dan's chosen brew is and find out what the future for Dainton Family Brewery is because that is a large premises they have just moved into. So really looking forward to speaking to Dan make sure you click subscribe on whatever you're listening to this on. Rate us on iTunes because that really does make a difference to me. And I really want to make some more of these. So tell your friends, do your bit, get online, thechosenbrewau.com and you can find us on Facebook and Instagram as well pleasure talking to you thanks very much for listening 
See you next time.